Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's the most difficult time of the year to get out the door and run. If you're living in this part of the world, these winter months really test your will to stick to the plan and your wardrobe. In December, there are as many training goals getting tossed in the bin as there are dodgy Christmas jumpers. Is there anything that can be done to stop this from happening and make running in the winter any easier? Who better than Olympic legend, world champion and still the holder of nine Irish records. I counted them over the weekend, Sonia. From, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> from kit, I'd have to count them up myself. Yeah, they're all still there. Know. Check it up. From kit to planning to pacing, Sonia is going to get to it all and, and answer your emails. We'll also do our regular trip around the parishes to see the most eye-catching runs from the Irishman Running Abroad Running Club on Strava.com and a bit of a look ahead to the European Cross Country Championships in Dublin next week. Supporters of An Irishman Abroad will get the full uncut version of this episode, including detailed episode notes over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. And there's never been a better week to come on board as next Sunday you'll get the chance to hear my full conversation with Katrina McKiernan, the former European Cross Country Champion and four time silver medalist at the Worlds. Now, this is some chat, Sonia, and, you know, we had so much to get into. I was dying to tell you and talk to you about this interview because I know you always bring the Sunday episode with you on your run. And, you know, Katrina wouldn't have been known for someone as someone who enjoyed doing interviews in the past, certainly during her time at the top with you. That was very much, wasn't it? That was very much the rep that it was. She will give you as little as possible in terms of information in those chats. Yeah, well, I, I can remember. I think it was um, Paul Kimmage maybe one time. He said it was like throwing blood from a stone, you know, <laughs> it was hard work. But I think Katrina was she I mean, I, I suppose I went through phases of this, too, where and it was a it was a time period, you know, when you would be a bit more guarded in what you were willing to talk about. And for some reason, we thought that, you know, if we said something that, you know, we'd be giving away something mm. to our rivals. So you'd keep, you'd keep your cards really close to your chest, but not realizing that you're, you know, the, the people in Romania or wherever they were, they couldn't read the Irish papers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they can just, they can just about get them now on the internet, you know, and they probably don't. But yeah. back then, I mean, it was written print and, you know, there was a, uh, you know, you actually had to go and buy the paper to read it. But we would have been a bit coy and probably a bit defensive, I think, towards really? journalists. And it took a while before you actually realised that journalists, you know, you can actually use them to help you mm. and to benefit you. Um, and they weren't there. They weren't out to get you. But I think, you know, you probably would get one. Maybe you might be misquoted or something in the paper one time and yeah. then I'll, then you'd then you'd put your guard up again and that would be the end you know <laughs> absolutely yeah once bitten twice shy situation well she's anything but guarded in this interview it's probably from what i could find it's the longest interview she's ever given and the most in-depth around what exactly happened i mean uh, how she decided to walk away why was she so guarded we get into it all and we also talk about how the media attempted to engineer a rivalry between you two and how neither of you was having 
any of it. And it's actually one of the more funny moments in the interview is like I had said to her that you and I had talked about the last dance and Michael Jordan and this view that you have to be a bit of a mean person to be the best at your at your sport and how, you know, we kind of both disagreed with that. But she was wondering if I, I like I said to her, why, why wouldn't you guys buy into the idea of a rivalry? And she asked me if I'd asked you that question. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the only time anyone has ever done that to me in an interview. She goes, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Did you ask Sonia that? And I said, I, I guess I haven't explicitly asked you that, but I may as well ask you now. Why didn't you buy into the idea of a rivalry with Katrina McKiernan? I think like for a long time, there was no rivalry. We were different. We were, you know, we were, we weren't, we, I suppose we, we were similar, but different. Mm. And we didn't actually cross paths that often. Mm. And I think that like, even though we did, there was that picture last week, floating around if we ran against each other in 1994 at the Grand Prix final in Paris and the two of us leading the field was I think we did finish first and second in the end but then I think other than that it was probably 1998 was kind of the climax of the whole thing when we were both running the best we could possibly be running and then you know up to that point Katrina had won four silver medals at the World Cross Country in the four years previous and then in 1998 she went and ran she was doing all her preparations were for the London Marathon. So she didn't run the World Cross Country. And I ran it and won it. <laughs> and it was kind of like, you know, I, I, I know she, she was going mad over it. She had to have been because if she would run four times, win four silver medals. And the one year she wasn't running, that I would win it. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? How is this happening? And, you know, I think we both had like really great years that year. That was, and that was the year Katrina. She won the London Marathon and, you know, it was like headline news, just like it was for me with the World Cross Country. And then at the European Championships in Budapest later that year, I had two gold medals. And I'm not sure. I don't think Katrina ran. Mm, yeah. I, really, I, I mean, I think that was an opportunity for her to run in the marathon, maybe. But I don't know if she was injured or if she was preparing for a later marathon. And, you know, I think back then, you know, that was what... 98, 2008, 20, over 20 years ago, yeah. you know, people didn't run marathons and other races. You know, they took time to prepare specifically for it and then recover from it. And, you know, we had it's it's interesting because this week, Fanula McCormack ran the marathon in Valencia and she ran a fantastic time two twenty three fifty eight. And, you know, the word is she's planning to attempt to run at the European cross country this weekend in Dublin. Wow. Which, you know, back in 1998, that would have been seen as crazy. Like Katrina didn't even run the cross country getting ready for the marathon. It was probably a month out from it or at least a few weeks. Yeah. Um, whereas now Fanula's attempting to come back and run. And, you know, and, and you know, people aren't questioning it. They're kind of thinking, well, yeah, it's possible. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different world. And we really do get into with Katrina how it really was an apex for her, that that period that you mentioned there, 98, and how she was 90 seconds away from getting the world record in the marathon. And, you know, I say to her, that must have haunted you. And I just thought it was interesting that you said she must have been going mad and she would pull you on that and go and say, 
going mad is a strong word now. <laughs> she really was very particular about words. I just thought it was a really interesting interview because she's like, I would never say that haunted me. But I said to her, I was like, it had to. I mean, essentially what happened in Amsterdam was that the Pacers got it wrong, that they didn't they didn't do what she needed them to do, that she was crossing the line knowing I could have gone faster there. And that's the moment gone and it's it's gone from your life. And they're just a mental toll of all of that. It makes for an unbelievable chat. Of course, you'll get to hear the whole thing if you're a supporter of our show. A massive thanks to everybody who has come on board. Loads and loads of you coming on board on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad to support the show and get the extra stuff. As I say, eight years of interviews going right the way back to my first chat with Sonia in 2014. Uh, Just so much stuff for you to enjoy if you're a supporter of the show. And of course, the knowledge that you're supporting us in making this podcast and keeping it as free as possible for the people that can't afford to pay for it. I didn't exactly win the Amsterdam Marathon this week, Sonia, but I I did finish first in my age category in the park run and uh, I uh, honestly I got a bit emotional I couldn't believe I'd done it especially in the conditions it is appropriate that we're doing a winter running episode because this was a St Albans mud bath you did the bushy park one and uh, as we're both kind of in London essentially here and you will testify this was a wet one this Saturday right? It was. There was puddles all over the place in in Bushy Park, but you couldn't see them because there were so many people. There really? was nine hundred nine hundred no. people. Oh my yes. god! Oh, <laughs> it was wow. mental, and I I like literally rolled out of bed to make this one. I woke up at eight. It was eight twenty nine on my watch. No. The park runs there at nine. <laughs> And I had that moment of, will I or won't I? And I actually turned the light off for a second and said, no, I'm not doing this. And then I thought, no, get up, do it. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And so I very quickly woke myself up and warmed up down to the start line, which was only 10 minutes away, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And then, um, yeah, I got going in the park run. And believe it or not, I also won my age category. Uh Um, (laughs) (laughs) We need need to produce a medal or a T-shirt for this. (laughs) But it's it's funny. It's one of those things when they send you the results on the email, you know, and it's like, you know, you you care, but you don't care. It's it's one of those things like when I'm running and I see all these women around me running past, I'm like, you know, trying to work out are they older than me or not? (laughs) (laughs) Are they the same age? But amazingly, there was actually, I think there was an older lady in front of me, um, but she was in the in the like 60 to 65 category. But she she had a good time. I must look her name up now. We'll we'll check her out. And do you know what the but, absolute um, worst is? When a fella goes by you with his dog on lead. <laughs> I know, dog. We had, we had a discussion about this on the weekend. Dogs running in the park. That's not so bad because um, I was telling um, the, my friend Tina Ryan, who listens to the podcast. Shout out to and Tina. She was, she was really disappointed the last time when I was here in October and I and we mentioned her again because we were talking about something else. But she was in the paid version and she hasn't she hasn't subscribed yet. <laughs> Very good. Pays to subscribe. So, That's it. <laughs> I know. But we were talking about dogs in Park Run mm. and I was saying how one time, um, you see, dogs, you're not supposed to register dogs. It's, it's only for people, <laughs> the Park Run. <laughs> And um, I, I, I have to admit that one time I actually registered Snowy 
um, <laughs> because I didn't know. So I registered him and I didn't know that you couldn't. And then I looked it up afterwards, but it was too late. And um, so we looked at, I said, yes, no, he's got, I said, I'm sure he's got a sub 20. But, <laughs> he's got his own barcode. <laughs> he does, yeah. But unfortunately, when we did the sub 20, I counted it as my run. Whereas whenever I was running slow, I counted it as his run. <laughs> <laughs> snowy, poor Snowy right now. <laughs> but we used to have to play around with his age because, you know, you couldn't, he was seven, I think, at the time. So you couldn't put seven in. Because, you know, you're too young to be seven and run in 20 minutes. Um, so <laughs> we had to put him in in dog years, which was, I think it, he was like 49 at the time or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did find it demoralizing. But then you realize that the fellows with the dogs are really committed. The dude that went by me with his dog, like the dog knew exactly what was going on. There was no question of what am I doing here? The dog runs crazy miles each week with this guy oh you know well dogs are dogs can be fast so you can you there's no shame being passed by a dog it's it's the ones when they're passing you with a pram or a pram or a, or a, a double pram a double pram that's really bad pram. yeah <laughs> well look it was a it was a great weekend for it, but i think you have a lovely way into what we're going to talk about today there because there was that moment of Oh, do I really want to do this? I mean, that to me, in terms of winter running, seems to be the battle that most people have. And when I mentioned at the start that there's a lot of training goals and plans getting binned as we speak with work parties and drinks happening and commitments to go shopping and doing more stuff, extracurricular stuff than we'd normally do. I think it's probably something to do with the height of the sun in the sky as well. The, the temptation to just go, oh, feck it, is so vast in December that doing what you did there, which is turn off the light and then manage to get the light back on to get out the door, has to be the first challenge of winter running, is it not? It is. Well, they always say the first step is the hardest. And, you know, when your alarm goes off there, I'm sure for many people, there's that moment of hesitation, um, especially if you've had, you know, a few good days in a row where you've got yourself out there. And um, the thing on Saturday morning was, I'm sure in the middle of the night, you would have heard the heavy rain that was coming down like it was real heavy rain. Yeah. But it was heavy rain that helps you to sleep, I think. I don't know. There was something about it. Just kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Because I, and then I think I, I've been having trouble sleeping the past week or so just with the jet lag and everything. Waking up in the middle of the night and sleeping when I can. But yeah, the, I suppose the thing that helped me also on Saturday was that I had I had actually found my barcode the night before with, with a bit of an, a bit of an effort to look for it. I had it in the pocket of my shorts ready to go and I had all my gear at the end of the bed. So I didn't have those, you know, having to think about what am I going to wear? Mm. I just knew what I was going to wear. And um, I had the extra top, the warm up top, but I couldn't find my gloves. I was going mad because I like to wear when it's cold out and it was cold. A T-shirt with gloves is like perfect because yes. I just kind of keep. I hate when your wrists get cold and your hands get cold, but I still had to get rid of. I I don't like to wear too mu- too much clothes when I'm you know running relatively fast. I suppose, um, and in amongst the whole load of people. It's a hard balance to strike, isn't it? And definitely one that we need to talk about, because the first thing when I asked listeners on Twitter if what their cheats and tricks were for getting out there and running, you know, most of them related to what you wear. And everyone is different. A lot of people were saying that 10 degree rule, dress 
for 10 degrees warmer than it says on the thermometer. But like you say, if you're a person who's just specifically if their hands get cold, they get disheartened, then the gloves are the way to go. Then there's other people who are like, oh, God, I couldn't wear gloves. I'd feel like I'm running around in boxing gloves if if I do that. Is there any rule of thumb on on dressing for this? Because I've you do see people out there getting it 100 percent wrong in terms of what they're wearing. Oh, there is, you know, and I saw it recently and I don't have it ready for today, but I will try and look it up again. I saw something when I was in America and somebody had posted up this thing and it had the different levels of clothing or layers of clothing that you needed to wear for different temperatures. Now, it was all in Fahrenheit, so you have to do your conversions to yeah. work it out. But there definitely was a chart up, which was really interesting. But I kind of find the same thing. I think if it's around 10, then you can get away with just one layer. And then the debate is, you know, how short are your shorts? Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've been been through this, definitely. Yeah, I generally find that bike shorts, not not cycling shorts, but, you know, the what, you know, the ones that look like bike shorts. Yeah. For some reason, they feel warmer in the winter. And there's a great pair of shorts you can get. And they're kind of like they have like the bike short material. Yeah. Underneath underneath the other shorts. And they are fantastic. If you can get the right length of them, though, they can't be too long and they can't be too short. And I had a really good pair of them. I think they might be in Cove, actually. I think I leave them where I know I'm going to need them next. Yeah. And um, I know the ones. I'll put a link to them in the notes there because there are a few of them on sale at the moment that, yeah. that I spotted. Yeah. They are really good. And then, you know, I think, well, my tip of the week is actually going to come into this when we get to that. OK. Um, <laughs> shall I, do, we, do we do it yeah, now or You not? know what? Let's lash in the tip of the week. We're about 24 minutes into our chat. It's now time for Sonia's tip of the week. Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. So the tip of the week for me is layers and it's layering up and working out, you know, what layers you need to wear. And I love it. Like this morning, I I wasn't running today. So when you're not running, you actually have to wear more layers. Mm -hmm. And I, I was coming on the bike to the gym. And then bringing on my stuff so that I could stay here and do some work at the the Lensbury Club in Teddington. It's it's a great place. It's on the on the River Thames. So I took the long way to get here on the bike and went down past Hampton Court Palace and along the river. But when I got here, then I was I had warmed up considerably with all my layers on. And when I took all the layers off inside in the the locker room, I was counting them to see how many layers I had. <laughs> So on the bottom, I had two. I had pair. T- actually, I had three because I had shorts, right. bike shorts for in the gym, and then I had tights over the top of that, and then I had my kind of, you know, the loose running pants over the top of that. Oh lord! Which this, are super. This is there's four layers on bottom. No, no, three. Oh, I suppose you have your underwear as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, four. <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go and commando so on top I, of all of that. on the top I had six layers oh Jesus it's not even that cold out there today this is crazy it's like five degrees out I know it's not freezing but I was prepared yeah but then the thing is when you have layers you can take them off as you go so while I was cycling along I had a big puffer jacket on the top so I zipped that down and then let the air in you know you could feel the cold air in yeah, I mean, I mean, this is so. This is the question. Then, like, obviously, that's 
walking around doing your business or on your bike but like when it comes to the actual run itself and you say layers is the tip of the week is it a matter of trial and error that we've got to kind of figure out as we go the calculation of which layers and which ones to make removable and figuring out well if I'm wearing the hat and the gloves I need to wear a jacket that has pockets for those to go into true mind you you wouldn't it's not very comfortable to run around with things in your pocket so i think i think you have to work out what works so sunday for example it was very cold mm. and you know that because yes. you went for I a run it was it. now you yeah. can you can attest to that it was really cold mm. and i actually went into the park sunday morning at around eight o'clock which for the weekend here is relatively early and it was fantastic there was nobody in the park so I knew then that, you know, I was braving the elements before everybody else. So my perfect outfit for that, and it was probably around, I don't know, I'd say it was close to zero yesterday. Yep. And Definitely it, and with it the had rained Yeah. And it had rained overnight, so it was a bit soggy as well. So I wore the three-quarter tights, you know, the ones that cover, just cover your knees. Yes. You probably haven't got to those yet now, have you? Oh, no, I do. Yeah, they're a big basketball staple as well. So there's three pairs of those in the Regan wardrobe right now. And they're great yokes. (laughs) (laughs) They are. But but then then there's different different layers. You can have ones that are lighter or medium or heavy. So Mm. I kind of had the ones that were relatively light. They were light enough. And then I had socks that were kind of longer socks. So they came halfway off my shin. Mm -hmm. So there's only a small gap then in there. And the, and the reason to wear the longer socks as well is when it's a bit muddy out and you're running through the puddles, you get splashed. And so it's nice not to feel that. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than having it splashing up on top of you. And then on the top, I had like, this is something that we used to wear in the 90s, like before all the Lycra gear and different things, except that I was wearing it in Lycra version. So it was much better, but you wear a long sleeve t-shirt but a very thin one. So the very thin Lycra one. So no, none of the thermal stuff or anything like that. Just very light long sleeve. But then put a, a t-shirt over the top as a kind of a barrier for your, like the middle of your chest and everything. Yeah. And the gloves. And then and then the, and the headband around your ears. I mean, this is essentially the outfit I wore too. <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> this is quite interesting because leaving the house... I'd, you know, I always think that one of my tips for winter running is the rainfall radar app, radar app is your friend, especially living on these two islands. These apps can really, really pinpoint when the next shower is due and when your best window is to go. So I had that window calculated and I was pretty much layered up the way you were there. I got to the door, even had the lights on because uh, I knew it was going to get a bit darker as I went. And it was bucketing down suddenly out of nowhere. One of these random, super heavy showers. And uh, Tina grabbed the running jacket and gave it to me. And I was cursing her. I was cursing the country. I was cursing the climate and going, <laughs> I hate living here. And just like, I just, you know, just like this isn't any crack at all. Now I'm, I have so many layers on at this point. I'm going out the door like I'm about to go chopping wood. Uh, I was just like I hate running with that much stuff on but I needed every last bit of it as you said yesterday was ridiculously cold and uh, getting that layering right was was the key to enjoying the run at all 
Uh, so that's that is, you know, that's a super solid tip of the week layering. We do have a lot more to get to because in terms of the actual pacing and the mistakes that you can make in terms of skipping a warm up, skipping a cool down. We're going to talk about all of that in the second half of the show, which, as I say, is available to supporters over on Patreon.com forward slash Irish Man Abroad. But next, we're going to take a trip around the parishes and uh, see what are the standout runs from our Strava.com running club members for the Irishman running abroad. My first one is uh, Kevin Devine, who is uh, one of our members who's even come to a meetup run. And he just has been clocking some great times and running some great races, actually. He's, he he posted under his last one. I needed to give this a shout out because we're such a big part of his story. I got into running for the crack, he said, last year over the lockdowns. Coming from a GAA basketball background, I always hated anything beyond 100 metres. A year on, and I'm really enjoying it. Capped off the year with a couple of races. I have to. He has given a big shout out to Evan Runs here, who you can follow on Instagram. And he says that the Irishman abroad is always in his ears on his long run. So that's the first one. Shout out to Kevin Devine and Meath. Over to you, Sonia. Yeah, so I have a couple here as well. And the first one that stood out for me, and I'm I'm more attracted to the map and the pictures and the description than the, the long words that you were having there. I have Killian Collins in Vancouver in Canada. And, I mean, the only disappointing thing here is he just refers to it. It's just called Morning Run, but no title. <laughs> you need to get better at that, Christian. <laughs> Killian. Killian, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorted out. I love it. I love a good title, but then the map was very attractive and I thought that just looks like a really nice run. <laughs> and um, there's actually an, a park close by as well that he runs in called Stanley Park. And I'm sure if there's any runners in Vancouver, they probably all know it. Yeah. But he did a nice 20 kilometre run on Sunday at 5.10 pace. But yeah, we'll be looking out for some titles to your runs, Killian. <laughs> yeah, a shout out to Killian. So Christian Lotter in Australia. I don't know if you know this Christian character. Sonia, but uh, he ran the Shell Harbour 10k race and finished second overall with running a pace of 3.20 he did it uh, in 33 minutes an absolute insane one he doesn't need any more claps on the back Christian but that really just was an eye popping <laughs> one uh, that stood out to me on the on the group yeah, and I went back to, um, I'm back in the Northwest America as well. Totally random, these choices. But what attracted me to this is the name, Bernard Slowey. And I thought, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how does he go with that when he's out running? <laughs> when he hits a race. Bernard is a big listener to the show. He's often in touch and he even invested in a pair of Invincibles on your recommendations, Sonia. So these were run in your shoes. Uh, oh, I think good. I know good. the one. Is this the cold but beautiful morning run? For uh, Bernard, a uh, big shout it out is to you. Around uh, along the lake, which is, um, I think it's Lake Washington, um, and it's actually not far from where Sophie is at University of Washington. And and the other thing that drew me in, I think, was Kirkland, USA. And I thought, where is Kirkland? But I think when I was up to visit Sophie, I remember seeing signs for that because uh-huh. um, he's not too far away. Um, so Bernard went out there, and he and the other thing about Bernard, he ran eleven point nine six kilometers. He obviously didn't look at his watch before he stopped it oh, because... Who anyway. doesn't run the last point four? <laughs> what a lunatic. <laughs> 
so these are all these like little intricacies that I am at. That's how I look at other people's drive and wonder why. <laughs> wonder that. what's going slowing. through their mind. Great running. Yeah, if Great you're running. flabbergasted by other people during the fan- pandemic, jump on Strava and you can find a bit more of it. Ellie, got, Ellie O'Shea, Elaine O'Shea, sorry, got in touch with that message here before we go to our break. She says, hi, Jared, just wanted to let you know about one of the runners in your Strava group. So this is someone pointing out a runner to us. Uh, Donal Hegney in Limerick. Donal did a couch to 5k training plan about three years ago just for something to do to get himself up and out the door. He got hooked on running, up to 10k, then a half marathon, then a full marathon. And this time last year, he set himself the challenge for 2021 of running a half marathon in every county on the island of Ireland within a year. Kind of puts my 2,000 kilometres into perspective. That's 32 half marathons in one year, Sonia, outside of his normal training and runs. So that's, that's not even including his training. Happy to say he has done 31 and he's only got Fermanagh left because, God, you have to leave Fermanagh at the bottom of that list. Fermanagh left to do before the end in December. So that is a truly extraordinary achievement. Donal Hegney there in Limerick. Big, big shout out to you, Sonia. What do you make of that? Yeah, no, that's fantastic, you know, to just to even travel around and get to every county. Like, I've always thought, you know, there's, I, I'm pretty sure there's some counties I haven't been to. <laughs> I need to make a list. I've probably driven through most, but I think I have missed a few along the way. But to get to every county, to run a half marathon and everyone, that's that's some achievement. And best of luck with Fermanagh. True, truly amazing. Uh, we'll be back with more after the break over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. And as I said, Katrina McKiernan is my feature guest next Sunday. You'll need to be signed up to hear the entire of that interview. And the following week, I'll have Jack Whitehall on the show talking about his new movie and lots more. Marion will be back on Friday with more from the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. I don't know if you've been listening to these episodes on a Friday covering the trial. Just shocking stuff. And Marion, of course, won a huge award just the other week and rightly so. If you aren't signed up by now, you really should be. Thanks, Sonia, for the first half of the show and we'll chat to you in a moment. Talk to you soon. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. <laughs> 